Welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. This is part seven of the seven-part series, Hearing the Voice of Yeshua. Part seven is titled, My Sheep Hear My Voice. In John 10, 27, our Savior, our Shepherd, our Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah, said this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to exhort you to read that entire chapter, John 10. Let the word build your faith. Let the words of your shepherd build your faith. See the full context of what he's talking about there. See his heart's desire for you and for me. And remember what Yeshua said in John 8, 31 and 32. It says, Yeshua said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That word abide is a strong word. It means to live. It means to dwell. So abiding in his word means reading his word, studying his word, ruminating on his word, going over it again and again, memorizing his word so that it becomes part of you. That is when you can have freedom. That is when you'll hear his voice. That is when you will go deeper into the kingdom of Yeshua and his purpose for you on planet Earth. Several years ago, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was in a newly harvested wheat field. It was golden, and you could still see the tire tracks of the combines that had gone through and uh, harvested that wheat it was rolling hills, and I was in this wheat field with several other men, maybe six or seven other men, and we were spread out over probably an acre area, and it seemed like we were looking for something. We were, we were moving around and sort of like men looking for something, looking down. All of a sudden, off in the distance, sort of down a slope, maybe three or four hundred yards away, appeared out of nowhere a flock of sheep in a newly harvested wheat field. This flock of sheep, what stood out to me was they were so white. They were brilliantly white. And they were in a group, kind of mulling around like the group of us men. Now, as soon as I saw those sheep... Being a pastor, I thought, those are new believers. I knew the scriptures about my sheep hear my voice. And the pastor in me immediately went to thinking and went into action. My thought was, in the dream, these are new believers. There's things that I need to teach them. So I spoke to the other men that were with me in this field. And I said, quick. Get those sheep up here, lined up on this line, single file, facing me. And the line that I was pointing to, it was a, well, the tire tracks of one of the combines. You could see it, and it, and it was there in the dirt. And it was a straight line. So my thinking was, let's get these sheep up here, facing me. I'll start to teach them. 
Well, those men did go into action. They went down to where those sheep were and started herding them towards me. But try as we might, we could not get those sheep lined up on that line. We could not get them lined up in a straight line, facing me. And it was frustrating. In the dream, it was frustrating. Well, later I, I realized that from their, from their perspective, down lower to the ground, they couldn't see the line. And they didn't understand us. We were men, and they were sheep. So as we were trying to get the sheep lined up, two of the sheep, and I knew that it was a male and a female. I don't know how I knew that, but it was a pair. They, they broke away from the little flock that was there, and they came right over to me where I was standing. And they began to baa, uh, and they began to rub against my legs. At that moment, I heard this voice, resounding voice, my sheep hear my voice, and the dream ended. That broke something in me. It broke something that was not of Yeshua in me. See, there was a part of me that wanted to make those my sheep and believe that they needed to hear my voice and hear my teaching. Just consider what was going on in that dream for a moment. First of all, they were sheep. That means they belonged to Yeshua. My sheep hear my voice. Number two, they were white, meaning they were clean. They belonged to Yeshua and they were clean. And number three, since they were his sheep, they were already hearing his voice. By definition, if he says, my sheep hear my voice, they're his sheep, they're already hearing his voice. They didn't need me. They didn't need me to teach them how to toe the line. And I realized later that by coming over to me and baying and batting and, you know, lifting up their voice to me and rumming against my legs, these sheep were looking for encouragement. They were looking for confirmation of those three things. They wanted me to look at them and confirm, you're you're his sheep. You're clean. It says, if anyone is in Messiah, he's a new creation. It says in 1 John 1, that through the blood of Yeshua and faith in him, we are purified from all unrighteousness. So if we have faith in Yeshua, we're clean. We're clean from our sins. And we're new in him. And they wanted encouragement from me that they were hearing it wasn't that I needed to become their pastor and their shepherd and their teacher. It was that I was a fellow uh, disciple of Yeshua who could encourage them and exhort them and agree with them. A profound vision in my life. I stopped trying to be the shepherd of the people of Yeshua and became more of an encourager. And that's what I want to encourage in you. You, as one of the sheep of Yeshua, you are clean. In him, your sins are forgiven. In him, you're a new creation. You belong to Yeshua. You don't belong to any man. You belong to him. He is the one who died and rose again for you. And you were created and ordained to hear his voice. 
Yeshua said this in Matthew eleven twenty seven. No one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Yeshua wants to reveal the Father to you. He made you. He redeemed you. He's called you. He has chosen to reveal the Father to you. It's his purpose in life. It's his calling in life. As the Son of the living God, Yeshua has a deep desire to reveal the Father to you. You are one of his sheep and he wants to reveal all of the kingdom of heaven, all of his plans and purposes for you. In John 17, 3, it says this, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true Elohim and Yeshua Messiah, whom you have sent, knowing. Both verses, Matthew eleven twenty seven and John 17, 3, there's a desire of the Son of Jehovah, Yeshua himself, to reveal things to you. In Acts 2.17, it is written, And it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your young men and your young women will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And he goes on in there to speak of signs and wonders, salvation. I'd encourage you to read Acts 2 as well. But hear those words again. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And then it says there will be prophecy. Prophecy is simply communication from heaven. Dreams and vision. Again, communication from heaven. These are the last days, and the Spirit of Yeshua is on the earth. And the purpose of the Spirit, one of the purposes of the Spirit, is to speak to us in prophecies, dreams, and visions. Yeshua has a deep desire to reveal himself to us so that we know him. Yeshua has a deep desire to lead and guide us through this life every step, every day. Yeshua has a deep desire to transform us into his image, to build his kingdom on the earth, and ultimately to bring others to a saving knowledge of Yeshua the Messiah. I remember seven, several years ago, one day when I was out prayer walking, it was an overcast day, probably October or November, one of those fall days where the clouds hang low. It's just like a veil over the earth. They're, they're dark gray. And as I was walking, I was on a gravel road in the country. As I was walking, this bright light appeared behind me. And you would, I perceived it, and you can imagine how you would perceive a bright light behind you, and it shines out in front of you. And the first thought that I had was, oh, the sun is peeking out. It was bright. And so I stopped and looked back, and the, the light disappeared, and it was not the sun that was peeking out. And so I turned back and began walking again, and this bright light appeared behind me. When I 
would try to turn around to look at it, it would be gone. But as long as I was walking, it, it would come behind me and it was a bright light. It was like what I would describe as the glory of Elohim, uh, the shining of the Son of Righteousness in Malachi chapter 4, as Yeshua is described. And, you know, I've thought about that many times over the years. I don't know if that was Yeshua himself or an angel. I don't know if it was Father manifesting. It was a manifestation of heaven. And it was communicating something to me. In Matthew 28, Yeshua said this, And behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Different places in the scriptures, our Father has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The presence of our God, our Elohim, the presence of our shepherd, our Savior Yeshua, he's with us always. Now, we don't always perceive him with our five senses. We perceive him mostly with our spirit. That manifestation came to me that day simply for Yeshua to assure me and to build my faith that he was with me, that when I go prayer walking, when I'm walking in his kingdom and doing his will, he's pleased. And he was communicating that to me that day. And I've, told, I've talked to you in this series about various different ways that our shepherd speaks to us. This is true. This is real. This is what I'm exhorting you to pursue, Yeshua, that he opens the door for you, that he activates in you this ability to hear and see and feel and understand and have these experiences for yourself. It says this in Hebrews chapter 8, and Hebrews 8 here is quoting Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, says Jehovah, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So he's talking here about the new covenant in Yeshua. Yeshua said this on the, the night that he gave us the Lord's Supper. He says, this covenant is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. So there's a new covenant. Verse 9 of Hebrews 8, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says Jehovah. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Jehovah. I will put my Torah, which is revealed word, in their mind, and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God and they will be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none teach his brother, saying, Know Jehovah, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. Now think about what he's saying there. There's coming a day when a man is no longer teaching a man to know Jehovah. We know Jehovah directly. Let me read that again. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none shall teach his brother, saying, No, Jehovah, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. Can you hear the heart's desire of our Father, the heart's desire of Yeshua, his Son, that we would know him? Again, John seventeen twenty three. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true Elohim. 
this seems so important that he wants to teach us himself. Now, there is a time for believers to be taught of other men. Ephesians 4 says there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers called to equip saints. But there comes a place of maturity in our lives when we're no longer, we're in this new covenant, we're no longer taught by men. These men and women in our lives can be mentors, they can be friends that walk alongside us, they can help us to learn, but ultimately the Spirit of Yeshua is leading us to a place of maturity where we're taught by Yeshua himself through prophecies, dreams, and visions, through the enlightening of the scriptures. Now verse 12 of Hebrews 8, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. And in, in that he says a new covenant. He has made the first covenant absolute. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. This is a new covenant. This is the new covenant we're called to live in. I would exhort you to read Hebrews 8 and also Jeremiah 31. Our Father is a God of covenant. And he wants to teach us himself. Again, the Holy Spirit is guiding you to a place of maturity where you no longer need a man or woman to teach you. There's nothing wrong with men and women teaching us, but we're coming to a place of maturity, a place where you know Yeshua, that you know his voice for yourself. There was a day that I was out walking and praying, and I was considering the words of Yeshua in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well. Yeshua said this in John 4, a time is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Elohim is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. For Elohim is seeking such as these to worship him. Think about that. Father in heaven is searching, searching high and low through planet earth for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth, not worship him in uh, dead religion, not worship him as an obligation, not worship him in the flesh, worship him in spirit and in truth. And Yeshua ushered in these days when we do worship our Father in that way. Well, as I was walking that day and I was considering that scripture, I had a question. What does it mean to worship Elohim in spirit and in truth. I mean, I'd been a Christian a long time. I'd studied the scriptures. I'd been to church and sing songs. But I wasn't sure that I knew that I was indeed worshiping in spirit and in truth. So I pondered that question. I remember getting home, and uh, the first thing I did was ask Laura that question. I said, Laura, what does it mean to worship Elohim in spirit and in truth? And Laura, she looked at me and she said, why are you asking me? Ask God. <laughs> that was good advice on her, on her part. So I did, right there, the moment she said that, why are you asking me? Ask God. I got down on my knees on the floor and I said, Father, 
What does it mean to worship you in spirit and in truth? And immediately my father's voice came to me, and this is what he said, Look to the winged creatures. Look to the winged creatures. Well, I knew enough of the scriptures to know that he was talking about these angelic beings that we call cherubim and seraphim. And we see these recorded in the Bible in Isaiah chapter 6 and in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. There are creatures around the throne of Elohim, angels, and they each have six wings. And they hover around the throne of Jehovah, and they say, Holy, 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 continually, forever. These are the cherubim. Now in Isaiah 6, these winged creatures are saying this, Holy, 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 Jehovah Sabaoth, the whole earth is filled with your glory. And in Revelation 4, these winged creatures are saying, Holy, 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 he who was and is and is to come, El Shaddai. The holy, holy, holy is the same, but the name of Jehovah and the attributes of Jehovah are different. And I just see an image of these winged creatures around the throne continually saying, Holy, 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 and then a statement about Elohim. Holy, 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 another statement about Elohim. We know that the understanding of Jehovah is infinite, and these winged creatures are continually seeing a revelation of the one who sits upon the throne and declaring it throughout the heavens as worship. So how does that relate to worship? Well, what my father taught me out of that at that moment was to worship Elohim in spirit and his truth, truth is to tell Jehovah that he is holy and why. To make a statement, Jehovah, you are holy and here's why. It's really repeating what we believe back to Elohim. Well, from that day, the Spirit of Yeshua has been teaching me what it does mean to worship in spirit and in truth. I don't have time to go into it here. I hope to do another series on this. The Spirit has given me eight more ways that we worship our Father in spirit and in truth. My point is this. Yeshua, our shepherd, is guiding us to a place of maturity where we no longer need a man or a woman to teach us. That we know Yeshua and we know his voice and we're taught of his spirit. It says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. The anointing, now that would be the Holy Spirit, which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointed anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. This is another verse 
referring back to Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8 about the new covenant. There's an anointing which abides in us that teaches us all things. This is the grace of our shepherd who wants us to know him, wants us to know him in spirit and in truth. Now let me just close this by reading to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This is 2 Corinthians 3 beginning with verse 12. Let this speak into your identity. Let this build up who you are. Let this open your vision to what's possible for you as a sheep, as one of the sheep of Yeshua. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 12. For if what is passing away, this is verse 11, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Messiah. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies over the hearts of men. Nevertheless, when one turns to Yeshua, the veil is taken away. When one turns to Yeshua, the veil is taken away. Turn to Yeshua, my friends. Turn to him completely. Verse 16. Again, nevertheless, when one turns to Yeshua, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And here's the verse I'm getting to that I want to close this series with. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of Yeshua. We are being transformed. means we're moving from a place of immaturity to a place of maturity. We're moving from a place of weakness to a place of strength. We're moving from a place of doubts and fear to a place of strength and faith, hope and love. We're moving to a place where others have to feed us, to a place where we're feeding ourselves and feeding others. Let me read this to you and let this ring in your ears today. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, the glory of Yeshua, we behold. We are being transformed into the same image. The image of what? The image of Yeshua. We're being transformed to be like Him. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of Yeshua. Now receive this blessing. Jehovah bless you and keep you. Jehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom.